You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 328. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr of coconutsandkettlebells.com. I am here with my longtime co-host, Stephanie Ruper. Today is our part two of our Mythbusters series. Last week, we covered lots of fun things. And today we're going to be covering some new topics, some controversial topics, some topics that are well known throughout diet land, health and wellness land. And so we're just going to unpack it and see what we come up with. We're going to talk about lectins and the plant paradox, self-tanner, celery juice, And then we'll round it out with taking shots of apple cider vinegar and lemon water. Before we get into the fun, this episode is here today because of Alan. Alan Air Purifiers. I've gotten so many questions about my Alan and why I chose it. So here's the deal. Deer? Here's the deal. Um... Summer will be here before we know it, and for many people, that means outdoor temperatures are going to be heating up, Um, there's going to be more dust, there's more sneezing, and staying inside to avoid the heat. And for hundreds and, and thousands of Americans, this also means preparing for wildfire season. Now, why I actually kicked my butt into high gear and decided to get a pretty substantial air purification, like an air air filter filtration system for our house is because I saw a lot of the devastating impacts of 2020 in the United States, specifically what the wildfires did. I think over 600,000 acres were burned um, because of, of drought conditions. And unfortunately, this year's wildfire season is predicted to break records again. And with that, millions face hazardous air quality from the wildfire smoke, um, including people that are hundreds of miles away from the fire. And so a lot of people were having to stay inside with their doors closed and just turning on their air purifiers. Um, And I was like, wow, I should really get on this and think about making sure that my air is clean inside because I don't know about you guys, but we struggle. And I'd also done that interview with um, Dr. Ann Shippey about mold. And I just knew it was time to start cleaning out our air in our home because we were, we had actually gotten some, um, is some temperature like gauges where they, they actually could tell you the air quality on them as well. And every time we closed doors, like in my daughter's room, the air quality got so bad. So I was like, you know, we, <laughs> we got to move on with this. Um, and that's how I found Alan. I did a ton of research. Um, HEPA filtration is actually the world's most trusted way to remove harmful particles and smoke from the air, and that's what Alan uses. It's actually why uh, both the CDC and the EPA recommend using HEPA p- purification to protect against some of the smoke's worst effects. 
Um, so a purifier will effectively remove the smoke particles and then it'll help improve your wellness all year, year long. So Allen removes 99.99% of airborne particles down to 0.1 microns, including allergens, dust, mold, bacteria, aerosol viruses, and more. Uh, this year was just the worst for us and, and our allergies. Our Allen was working overtime from like March to May. And I'm just so thankful that we had it. We have it right by the front door. And we were just really struggling this year. And when we all had a cold, that thing was like on purple and working hard. And when allergies were up, it was just so bad. Um, I'm just so thankful that we have it. Um, and why I love and chose Allen is because of that. But also, I love that they have this advanced smart sensor technology that always lets you know the status of your air quality around you with the color rings. And then when harmful particles like allergens and viruses and VOCs are detected, auto mode automatically adjusts. So the Allen will kick into high gear once the air quality gets bad to clean it quicker. Um, they have four different filter options. It is super quiet, like super quiet. We don't even know it's there. Um, which I've had bad experiences with air purifiers in the past, like sounding like, I don't know. It's like, this is not my white noise maker. I, this is, I'm trying to hear the TV. Um, and it, the customer service is amazing and they are warrantied forever. This is really why I chose them. I was like, warrantied forever? Like, uh, duh. So once they checked all the boxes, um, I, I just go with, with a local U.S. company. They're based in Austin. Um, that is just great with their customer service. So they equip um, they equip their most popular True HEPA air purifiers with their carbon filters to um, eliminate all the things in the air. Uh, to learn more, go to allen.com. So A-L-E-N dot com slash wellfed. Use our code WELLFED for 10% off. That's a huge discount, especially on some of these larger room purifiers. And by the way, they recommend going when you're sizing one for your room. Go with one that handles just a little bit larger than your room so that your air purifier doesn't have to keep working really hard. So we got the 75i, and that actually filters our entire downstairs. Um, they have the only, the industry's only and I think first, a uh, lifetime warranty, meaning if something goes wrong and they can't help you fix it, they will replace it for free. You get free shipping. You get the 60-day love it or return it guarantee, and you get 10% off with our code. Um, again, our code is wellfed. Go to allen.com slash wellfed. Our code is wellfed for 10% off. Make sure that most people are saying, hey, the code's not working or reach out to me saying this. It's because you can't have like a subscription service in your cart and have that, that work. So just buy the purification system. And then if you want to subscribe to filters, which we do, you can just do it separately. Allen.com slash wellfed. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. 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 <laughs> hey. I finger guns, by the way, for people who, <laughs> you know, for anybody who might be unaware. <laughs> sure. Um, there, there should be a, hey, you know. That's hey. Kind of, hey, it's an office thing. Do you watch The Office? I have seen... I have seen it a few times. Yes. Yeah. I don't mean, I don't mean I've seen like a few episodes. I mean, I have seen every single episode. A few right. Times. That's what I assumed, actually. <laughs> yes. I watched all seasons a few times. Okay, I, th I think two or three. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, remember when they're like, hey, I don't, you know, they're all, it's uh, Pam and 
I don't know. Michael thinks it's something that like is an inside thing, so he does it. Anyway, how are you doing? How is it being in the uh, States? And was there anything, I didn't ask this last episode, but was there anything that you, when you got home, you were like, I have to eat this or I need to go get this? Like, were you like, I need mm. to go to Trader Joe's now or what? <laughs> um, I haven't actually. Um, so I'm staying with my uh, parents for a little while in in uh, Michigan and uh my it's it's such a joy because my mother eats so well you know <laughs> and I just fall into the habit with her and uh yeah so that's uh, it's just wonderful you know tons mm-hmm. of produce and cooking and uh the eating the whole rainbow you know it's very uh, important <laughs> yeah. to us you know um and so, uh, yeah, so no, that's really lovely. I will say that I have tried something that I had never tried before. Um, I had Starbucks. And then the next day, I had Starbucks. <laughs> and then the day after that, I had Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they have Starbucks in the UK, though. Well, they do, but not like every six feet yeah right (laughs) um and like i mean so i lived in i mean it's just the lifestyle for me and and i think for a a lot of people who would transition and it depends because the u.s is big and you could land in any wide variety of environments but like you know i live in the uk i lived in the uk in in a small town smallish town and walked or cycled rode my bike everywhere and within walking distance there were a couple of baristas like and everybody like you walk everybody walks and you walk Mm -hmm. and and you go and you get your coffee and um but here i like i get in the car and i drive a couple miles to starbucks um (laughs) and i'm I'm currently looking for uh for uh, places that are not starbucks you know people who like source their coffee from somewhere and Mm -hmm. you know like yeah uh, have a specific art and ethos about how they make coffee because i have become particular about the art ethos (laughs) (laughs) um but i will say that i really uh i do enjoy the drink that I have been getting from Starbucks, uh, but am planning on transitioning uh, my coffee practice. Uh, I'm in the process of transitioning uh, to a smaller you know, coffee houses, but then I have to, you know, drive. Then I have to drive. So anyway, and also I, I don't need to be drinking coffee, but I do enjoy it. And I have tried Starbucks and I do think it's, uh, I do, en- I do enjoy it. So anyway. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you going to be going to Trader Joe's anytime soon? <laughs> Um, I actually, my mother went to Whole Foods, uh, while, while we were recording today. So, um, I haven't, I haven't been to a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. Uh, I haven't really been thinking about it. Actually, it hasn't, it hasn't come onto my radar as like the first thing I would do. I do love, I do love Trader Joe's. I always did. I imagine that I continue, would continue to It's just like, I don't know. I've just been chilling, you know? Um, so no, sorry. You're going to love it. I can't wait till you get back and you're like, I went to Whole Foods. It's just like an experience, you know, the American grocery store, but also like Whole Foods has changed a lot, I think, in the last, you know, you year Whole- or two. Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. No, I mean Whole Foods. Oh, okay. I mean, I think Whole Foods is just fun to go in and look around and see what's new. They're constantly getting new products. They also do a, ever since they've been bought by Amazon, like they do a lot of sales. So. 
that's been nice too. Like Primal Kitchen, you know, they'll just have twenty five percent off, like all the condiments okay. and stuff. So, um, anyway, it's just it's just a fun experience. Gro- cool. Grocery shopping. That's kind of like what I'm like. I want to go to Whole Foods by myself. Like that's my <laughs> me time. Mm. I have been um, to. Um, I know that different parts of the states have different like really big stores. Ours in Michigan is Meyer. I have been to Meyer. Got it. Know, I bought a bunch of produce. So anyway. mm. very yeah, cool. It's fun. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Because like, <laughs> let's go. Let's like go. Part one. We talked for almost an hour and a half, and let's um. Let's just get right to it. So, because we got a few other things to talk about today, including celery juice and the plant paradox. So, question number one is from Allie. Are lectins a real thing? Do I need to stop eating tomatoes for real, Dr. Gundry? Which Mm. I didn't know who he was. I had to do a lot of research and then ended up in a rabbit hole of tons of things about this. So... Right. Woo! So, are lectins a real thing? Uh, my notes say in all caps, kind of a thing. Mm. Maybe not a thing, kind of a thing, a little bit of a thing. Um, so, lectins uh, are often also sometimes called anti-nutrients. Um, they're a form of protein that are found in everything. Like, lit- like organic things, humans, animals, plants, lectins. Um, and they function, like it's a huge class of protein uh, molecules. Um, and they function, some of them like operate within the human immune system, right? So uh, it's just, just to demonstrate, there's a whole big class of things that lectins are. Um, and they're a kind of protein that can bind with carbohydrates uh, and can bind with certain things that we would consider nutrients that like, you know, go through the gut or can like bind to the gut, right? They, they just, they have like a lot of, well, to the gut is an extremely vague <laughs> phrase, right? They can bind to things that are present in your gut. Um, and gluten, for example, is a lectin. Um, and it's clearly the one that we've studied the most. And so the theory about lectins um, is that they uh, are anti-nutrients, can be anti-nutrients, and can uh, like steal nutrients out of your uh, digestive tract so you can't absorb them and participate in the uh, creation of a leaky gut. And some people think that they are the primary contributors or creators of leaky gut and intestinal permeability and dr gundry is one of them probably the most famous of them now um so that's that's the theory and i think it's reasonably well established that gluten and perhaps other lectins do make do uh have negative effects on people with leaky guts there's a really big question, of course, of chicken and egg. Uh, people like Dr. like Dr. Gundry will tell you that lectins cause leaky gut. I'm a little bit more of the mind that there's a lot of different things, not lectins, that can cause leaky gut. And then lectins like gluten can like contribute to or exacerbate your intestinal permeability. Um, and I mean, stepping back, big picture, if if gluten or lectins generally 
were the primary cause of intestinal permeability, then we would see, I think we would see a pretty significant correlation between people who eat a lot of bread and people who have autoimmune conditions, right? Autoimmune conditions are, um, <laughs> quick rewind, autoimmune conditions, right? Your body is uh, develops an immune response to itself uh, is pretty significantly linked to uh, intestinal intestinal permeability because things get through the intestinal uh, the intestines into the bloodstream that the body identifies um, can associate develop a response to that is similar to your own body cells and it ends up attacking its own body cells um, alongside these uh, larger molecules these pathogens that can get through um, can get through the gut lining uh, you definitely. Uh, having a pretty robust gut lining is is important. Um, I think the literature is starting to show that it's not a black or white issue. Your gut is leaky or it isn't. Uh, the degree of intestinal permeability can vary. For example, it can vary uh, depending on whether you're exercising, right? Like, um, but generally speaking, you you want you want your uh, gut lining to be have as much integrity and to be as intact um, as possible. So I actually think um, if you have an autoimmune condition, staying away from things like gluten and perhaps uh, foods that have a high concentration of lectins in them can be really good for you. If you don't have an autoimmune condition, if your intestinal lining isn't permeable, I think your body can probably process them just fine. Am I willing to have my mind changed on that? Absolutely. Uh, but that's generally speaking kind of where I sit on the question right now, right? Like, I mean, there are so many people around the world who eat a lot of bread and are fine. And also like eat a lot of other things that have lectins in them and are fine. And uh, maybe it's about time I say what a lectin is um, or what's, <laughs> what has, has a lot of lectins in them. Um, I mean, they're in everything, but they're in particularly high concentrations in um, grains and uh, legumes. And that's like, I mean, that's kind of it. Grains, legumes, and uh, different, some like variants of vegetables, uh, nightshades in particular. So like um, uh, tomatoes, eggplants, potatoes. Uh, however, the lectin content of food decreases uh, pretty significantly if you soak them and or cook them. Um, a lot of people talk about how like toxic there's this like famous red kidney beans if you eat them raw like a lectin and it can have like a really negative effect on you. Okay, people don't eat them raw, you know, um, and if you boil them for like, say, what is like 15 minutes, like um, the lectin content in beans like kind of disappears, right? Or it, it goes pretty close to zero. And so your traditional cooking methods remove a lot of the lectins from foods in the first place. And even if they don't, um, if there's some lectin content, shouldn't necessarily be a problem if you don't have a problem with your intestinal permeability. So, like, what things do then, like, contribute to intestinal permeability? Uh, stress. Stress. <laughs> stress. <laughs> like, stress is, is so big. So, if you... Yeah. Stress will divert blood to other organs in your body, and then, like, you don't have... Like, you know, that like when <laughs> like digestion just doesn't just doesn't go as well when when blood isn't there because it's not giving you the stuff that you need to digest. Um, and then you're not like digesting foods properly. 
And then um, your liver becomes overburdened. Liver health is really important um, because your liver is what detoxes, what helps you detox. And if your liver can't do its job, then then your gut is also overburdened. Um, having a you know, taking hits to your gut flora population for any number of reasons, including stress, <laughs> including dietary changes, including um, various kinds of, I mean, antibiotics, medications, painkillers. Um, have I mentioned stress, uh, alcohol consumption, um, and then like poor nutrient status. And then you get into this whole like positive feedback, because if you don't have, if you don't have the nutrients you need to support your liver and your organs and your digestive processes, um, then they're inhibited and then you absorb nutrients less well because when you have, you know, intestinal permeability, you absorb it. So it, it becomes this problem, but you need B vitamins, you need vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K, vitamin A, vitamin B vitamins, uh, antioxidants, you need, you know, all, all nutrients status is just really important. And so, um, so I think, I think that there's so much that can go into, you know, the wearing away of your intestinal lining and uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Lectins can, can maybe participate in that as the process has begun by other means, but I wouldn't say I personally don't see a lot of evidence. Again, I'm willing to have my mind changed, but I don't see a lot of evidence for them being the driver of, of, of that, um, mm. which would be why we don't all have celiac. Yeah. Oh, that's a good call. If you want to reduce stress and fatigue, improve cellular function, and nourish your endocrine system, including your adrenals and your thyroid gland, look no further than red light therapy. It does all of this within a matter of minutes. Red light therapy is one of the most effective health modalities you can do with a device in your own home. It's helped improve my sleep, reduce fatigue and headaches, and it's incredible for reducing inflammation and stress because studies show it stimulates energy production in the body by improving mitochondrial function. It literally improves how your cells function. Red light therapy lies like most things, has to be in a specific sweet spot to deliver therapeutic benefits. Things like wavelength, density, and dosage have to be in balance. Anything outside of that sweet spot will be less effective, which is why some people buy red light therapy devices on Amazon or wherever and don't see results. Juve, that's J-O-O-V-V, is the leading brand when it comes to effective and safe red light therapy. They optimize all the variables needed to hit that therapy therapeutic window. What I love about Juve is that it delivers clinical benefits within minutes and by using scientifically proven wavelengths so that 660 nanometers and 850 nanometers or a combination of both, this ensures Juve's products offer the, some of those therapeutic values that we see in all that red light therapy research and literature. As of today, Juve has launched their next generation of devices and they've made huge upgrades to what was already the best red light therapy systems on the market. Juve's new devices are sleeker, they're lighter, and they've intensified their coverage area. Plus they have some really cool new features like recovery mode for post-workout and then an ambient mode for like a calmer, lower, lower intensity of light at night to support circadian rhythm functions. Um, if you're looking for a new Juve device for your home or you're, you want to invest in one, which I highly recommend, go to juve.com slash wellfed. That's J-O-O-V-V dot com 
forward slash wellfed. And then use our code wellfed for a discount that's exclusive to us. It's a percentage off, so I would jump on it. Again, that's juve.com slash wellfed. Yeah, no, that's a good call. I I think um I think one of the problems for me was like as I was trying to find the research and I was discussing this with Stephanie before we started talking about this is that I just it's just not there. Um, in terms of what Dr. Gundry is saying. So the, he wrote a book called The Plant Paradox and the central premise is that, that plants have health benefits, but they also come with serious risks. And so that's the, the paradox. So he says that plants have the lectins, which are extremely harmful to our bodies. He frequently refers to them as killer lectins, which, and he claims that they are the root cause of most of the disease prevalent in the modern world. And so I, I like so I so eager to jump in, but let me just continue to say what he says. So he says that lectins um, damage the intestinal lining, which results in leaky gut. So so what he's saying and what Steph and I, you know, we're trying to like we're debating is that he's saying lectins are the cause of intestinal permeability, which we just don't necessarily have a, a plethora of research that says the more lectins you eat, the more likely you are to have intestinal permeability. Um, he says that they disrupt your body's ability to control blood sugar. It kills off healthy gut bacteria. It causes kidney inflammation. It causes and exacerbates autoimmune disease, which actually, you know, I, I I think we could extrapolate that, um, but it it's essentially a kind of a diet that eliminates a ton of foods that have lectins, and it incorporates some of the ideas of the paleo diet as well. So he insists, you know, that you must be eating grass-fed meats and wild-caught fish and all the things. And then his diet begins with like a three-day lectin cleanse where you cut out dairy, grains, fruit, sugar, seeds eggs, soy, nightshades, roots, tubers, corn, canola, which is weird. I'm like, why wouldn't you just say inflammatory oils, like seed oils, um, and then farm animal products. So you basically eat nothing for three days, like surprise, surprise. Um, it's really, to me, the more I started researching the plan, I was like, this kind of feels like his version of AIP. It's like AIP, but next level. Yet it's, you know, this three-day phase is more restrictive. And then what I found, I was trying to dig and find, okay, so what's what does he recommend then long-term? So his food pyramid has mostly, you know, it's like a paleo-looking thing, but you you don't eat certain, you know, fruits and vegetables and you really limit those and you eat more fats. He's very keto. He want, He's very pro-keto and fasting. And in his food pyramid... The foundation is like leafy greens, oils, and then the thing above that is nothing. And it says, don't eat anything. Fasting is great for your health. And I'm like, wait Mm -hmm. a second. This is not, this is a food pyramid of like, what do I eat food when I'm eating? Not like part of your food pyramid is is nothing. Like, okay. Anyway, so (laughs) long term pretty much paleo but it allows for dairy which is super interesting because that's can be pretty inflammatory for people uh some grains some beans that are cooked in a pressure cooker then you and you can't eat these fruits and vegetables so no bell peppers chili cucumbers no eggplant no goji berries no melons squash tomatoes zucchini the major problem with me and what i was constantly trying to dig and find was that he has 
no scientific evidence or literature to really back up a lot of these big claims that he makes or he links to his own presentation. So, for example, he says that lectins cause heart disease, which is kind of a big thing. Um but there's no evidence of this anywhere. And in fact, we actually have a ton of data that shows diets higher in fruits and vegetables, uh, regardless of lectin content reduces heart disease. So um, he cites a study, like to prove that, he cites a study, which is actually a presentation he did for the medical community. It's not a study. It's not a peer-reviewed you know, study. It's not been published. It's not even like a complete research paper. Um and then he does have some supplements. So that was kind of a red flag for me is that he has a lot of supplements and he makes a ton of claims about them and the ingredients, but there's not a mu much evidence on what's in the supplements that he sells. So he uses kind of like the cheapest ingredients in terms of, of like the types of the nutrients. And then his flagship product is called Lectin Shield, which you can take if you don't want to follow his diet <laughs> forever. Um, it has something like a lot of different I couldn't, like, I've never even seen some of these things. One of them was 100 milligrams of okra fruit. And the the study that he linked to on that was, like, that showed that okra binds to lectins and mistletoe, which is, like, literally a plant that nobody eats. So just because something binds to something in one food doesn't necessarily mean it's going to bind to everything, all types of lectins, because lectins are all different types of molecules. Um, and there's all different types of lectins. So I don't, I don't know. Um... And then almost none of the studies cited on the Lectin Shield page had anything to do with the claims he was connected to. So when I was kind of talking to Steph about before was that he talks about lectins causing joint pain and how his, his supplements will help stop joint pain. But then he links to a study about how raw kidney beans made people sick because of the lectin content, which is kind of obvious. Like you're, you don't want to eat beans raw, right? Um, but it's 80 bucks. It's just like, I, okay. Um... So Steph did a great job of explaining lectins, and I just think one of the interesting things to note is that lectins are everywhere. They're in a lot of things. Plants cannot free, flee predators, so it's sort of a defense mechanism built in. So they can cause digestive issues for whatever predator is eating it, and, you know, that's important and it's actually very effective. So like genetically modified crops are designed to have an increased lectin content um, in order to like kill off many types of insects and stuff. So uh, lectins actually bind to carbohydrates, including uh, glucose and table sugar and cellulose, which is fiber. Um, but not all lectins are bad or problematic. So Dr. Sarah Ballantyne has obviously done a lot of research on this and um has written a lot about lectins, and she talks about the two classes of lectins that are known to be mostly problematic, which are prolamins. It's that's actually the the pro, the protein that's in gluten, and then something called agglutinins, two i n i n s, um, or one i n i n, but agglutinins. I say agglutinins. <laughs> agglutinins. Okay, that actually flows better. I might be wrong. Though, Agglutinins. I think that sounds better. You said hypertrophy. I say, I don't know. Anyway. Well, you would have said hyper hypertrophy, hypertrophy. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so that's like wheat germ, kidney beans, soy. Um, I just, here's the thing, and this is interesting because how you, like, 
this was kind of the paleo versus Weston A. Price debate, you know, remember when like paleo first came out and it was like, oh, what's so like when paleo and I guess maybe I shouldn't assume that everybody gets it. But like Steph and I met because we were both talking about paleo. So Steph had a website called Paleo for Women, where she was talking specifically about paleo for women. And because previously it was, you know, a lot of men talking about it, which is fine. Uh, Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson and we had, there was this thing called Paleo Effects where we'd all gather. And so it was a very early thing. You know, back in 2009, I was eating paleo and reading Rob's book. And, um, and so it's, it, we were very early on in that movement, which kind of then turned into like a, a more holistic movement. And like, I think a lot of people ended up moving away from paleo, but still kind of understand certain things about foods that, you know, certain principles we've taken with us, in other words. Um, and at that time, Weston A. Price was still pretty, it's a well-established, you know, like dietary approach, lifestyle approach. And it's based off of a guy, he's a dentist, his name is Weston A. Price. And um, his whole thing and what, you know, they believe is proper preparation is key. So paleo was like, no grains, no legumes, high in lectins. And Weston A. Price Foundation was like, well, soak and sprout your stuff, like properly prepare it. If you soak grains and you soak beans, this is how our ancestors did it. You remove a lot of those lectins. They're not as hard to digest and they're not going to be as hard on your gut. And so you just need to be smart about it, right? Fermentation is really important. And that, again, will serve your gut well. Um, and so this is kind of the debate between the two when we kind of see it coming up, I feel, a little bit with this plant paradox, which is like you're demonizing lectins and saying lectins are bad, bad, bad. But the truth of the matter is, like you mentioned, Steph, you can boil a lot like beans and get rid of the the lectin content pretty and even soaking and sprouting and proper preparation changes that and it reduces it dramatically. Um, so you know, there are obviously specific lectins that can be problematic, like the agglutinins and the uh, prolamines, which are found in gluten. And actually gluten and, and has a lot more research about it specifically. It is a very specific type of, of lectin and it does disrupt your gut. And specifically people with celiac disease can actually be more sensitive to lectins. And that makes sense, right? Because they already have gut damage. And so, I think how you react to certain lectins is really individual. If you have leaky gut or you have gut dysfunction, you may find you're more reactive to them. But if you have a healthy gut, they won't slowly over time destroy your gut and lead to a complete, you know, degradation of all your organs, which is what he what he was saying. Um, and I don't know how much more you want to go into it, but I, I, I will say that, like, there's just so much research and stuff. And I've talked about this too. We're like, Yo, if there is anything, we know that fruits and vegetables are super healthy. Like, so much research out there about you eat more fruits and vegetables, you live a longer and healthy life, and you have less disease. And we know that a lot of these populations, people in Greece and, you know, Italy and certain populations like Okinawa, Japan, they actually eat a lot of lectins, a lot of vegetables, and they are some of the longest, like, they live long, healthy lives. And when stuff like this was brought up to Dr. Gundry, he's like, well, you know, who knows if they're actually living a quality life? So he kind of just, like, is very dismissive about 
literature, which is a red flag. And he also <laughs> and he also claims that this is interesting. He said that lectins mimic insulin in the body, which in turn promotes promotes fat storage and causes weight gain. They appear then he they also can apparently like impair glucose uptake in brain muscle and nerve cells, thereby blunting repair and growth. And the study that he linked to with that claim was a study called The Effects of Wheat Germ Agglutinin on Insulin Binding and Insulin Sensitivity Fat Cells from 1980. The scientists actually found that small concentration. So th- what the researchers did, they actually took um, fat cells from rats and then they like soaked it in wheat, le- wheat lectins, like in a Petri dish. Um, and they found that small concentrations of lectins actually uh, readily attached to fat cells and improved insulin sensitivity, but like huge, large concentrations decreased insulin sensitivity. So he threw out the first part of that and just said that like, yo, lots of lectins decrease insulin sensitivity. But I think what some people misunderstand is just because you get results in a Petri dish doesn't mean it actually translates to a living human body. <laughs> so... It's not clear that plant lectins would be able to reach fat cells without first being broken down or altered altered by the digestive system or that the body like doesn't have some sort of protective measure in place to prevent lectins from messing with insulin which is a really important hormone so the body has a lot of physiological processes happening that we don't know about that we can't like do in a petri dish and then say like oh it's this is what's going to happen in the human body um so, yeah, I, I, he does say it's the, the pressure cooker thing's interesting too. He says that you have to pressure cook it, but there has actually been studies that boiling beans and then for like 15 minutes, um, is enough to eliminate almost all of the lectin content. And if you use a pressure cooker, you can just achieve that in seven and a half minutes. The end result is really the same. So if you are pressure cooking your stuff and you find that that, I mean, it's fast and it's going to boil it and it's going to cook it, like, you know, do that. That's great. Um, I think what Steph and I have come to, like, and we're probably in agreement on, is that if you're dealing with digestive issues or you have autoimmune disease, which we know is strongly connected with intestinal issues and intestinal permeability, um, you should probably consider avoiding some of these more harmful lectins while you're healing. And, um, you know, avoid wheat, avoid those, the soy and the peanuts, which we know is really high in the prolamines and the agglutinins. I would just, I don't think it necessarily has to be done long term. And I really, it's hard. I was trying to dig into some of the research and I don't want to be like that person. I'm more than happy to be shown a lot of this and like really be, again, change my mind. But like, I could not find a ton of research even that's like lectins cause leaky gut, lectins cause intestinal permeability. Do we know that they're hard to digest? Yeah. Um, Do I think that they could potentially negatively impact people who are already struggling with chronic disease? Yes. I think, I think it could make matters worse. I don't know if it's a little of, like, I don't think these things are causing, I don't think lectins in general are causing, you know, intestinal permeability. Um, there's so much more that works into that. And you could be experiencing leaky gut for a variety of reasons and the lectins could make it worse. So I don't know. I, I don't think, you, again, 
I don't think you need to avoid them. I don't think, I hope this was a myth busted kind of situation, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Steph. Well, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, um, I stand, I think I continue to stand by what I said. I am, um, I do think it's, I don't know, there's a lot of health trends out there and it's just i'm very interested to see where the research goes like i would like to uh, recall to this moment the bean diet protocol <laughs> um <laughs> where people like went crazy over beans and how they you know could be so transformative and help your health so much um and didn't you try that well i kind of kind of was doing it just because I also uh, once or twice a day had beans without a lot of fat <laughs> like right. um, and I still do like I still eat a lot of um, legumes uh, I like that like as a because I don't want to have a carb free diet but there's not a lot of other carbs I like so um, so yeah I just and that has been really good for people and so and so has uh, people pulling, you know, if you've got uh, autoimmune issues, perhaps, or intestinal permeability issues, perhaps pulling lectins out, good for you, right? So, um, and, and you can do that with, with beans, you just have to, you know, or really minimize them, you just have to prepare them properly. So, there's, um, yeah, so there's just, uh, there's, there's a lot out there that we don't know. But, you know, I think it's pretty hard to disagree with uh plants and right. animal products that are raised on plants you know that the the ones that they like to eat so i you know that's and that's why i eat and advocate the way that i do mhm mm yeah so i yeah i uh i don't know question number 2 is from Christina she says i'm excited for this episode how does self tanning lotion work and how terrible is it for you any healthy alternatives i actually didn't know this until i looked into it yeah it's um it's fascinating so um self tanner does actually darken the color um of the upper you know of the top layer of your skin so dead skin cells um and the process by which it happens is is um, it's a Browning reaction. What's it called? Um, the Maillard, or does is the L pronounced like in a French way? Maillard um, <laughs> reaction, <laughs> um, which people do in food when you like brown food, right? Um, but that's just that's very interesting. And this process creates free radicals, uh, which uh, are not ideal. Uh, they create damage um, in your skin, uh, anywhere in your body where they are. Um, they can sort of uh, interrupt uh, the normal uh, healthful processes of, I don't know, your body carrying it on as it carries on. Like a free radical um, can like break chemical bonds and in a particular way. That's what a, a radical does. Um, and so... Uh, so yeah, so it's, uh, it's really not, uh, I don't think it's ideal. I don't think it's ideal for your health. And a byproduct of this is that it actually, um, in darkening your skin makes it harder for your body to produce 
vitamin D, um, which is something that we know is true, that uh, lighter skin produces vitamin D more readily um, and darker skin less, which is very much related to why you find lighter skin near the poles of the planet and darker skin near the equator. Um you know that just that just has to do with degree of sun exposure and healthy amounts of um, protection against it and and that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, so it's uh, it's not great. And then um, I did also do some reading into this, and there are like um, so the the product that is in self tanners that creates this uh, Maillard reaction um, is called DHA uh, dihydroxyacetone cool um now there are some dha free tanners because people are like oh hey dha it does this stuff it's um not good for you um, bad for your health and by the way like ages your skin free radicals are hugely responsible for aging your skin so <laughs> okay um these alternatives still do the same process just at like maybe a, a slightly to a slightly lesser degree so really if you want to tan i would recommend small degrees of sun exposure, actual sun exposure, uh, increased slowly over time, you know, 10 minutes of noontime sun, and then one day and then 10 the next day, and then 15 and then 20 and then 30, you know, you got to work your way up. Um, if you want to, uh, that, um, also you can just use like a, like a bronzer, you know, not don't make your skin turn a turn a different color, just put a different color on top of you and then wash it off. Um, I personally uh, have no, just, uh, yeah, I, I haven't looked into the products that people sell that are bronzers. And so I don't know if Noel is going to be able to weigh in with um, rec any product recommendations, but I, um, I haven't looked, I haven't looked into them. I'm deeply sorry. Um, I personally don't uh, aesthetically feel like I or anybody needs to uh, have a, a different, you know, I, I, do I need a tan? No, I personally, no. Um, I'm quite pale and that's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it's very interesting to me. You know, we do a lot of talk about uh, beauty norms and about body size. I think globally speaking, uh, the color of your skin is a huge question for you know it's a huge problem and a huge question um there are tons of cultures in the world where uh people buy products and make products that are not that make their skin lighter and many of them are not particularly good for you right and then there are some cultures that like try to find this like appropriate amount of tan that's like you know it's just it's all it's just it's very normed it's very beauty normed it's very embedded in uh, cultural norms about beauty it's very embedded in you know the way that we message and talk about what's attractive and what isn't and um yeah, so if you want to like get some sort of tan to your skin, uh, then uh, I would say uh, go with a bronzing product. But also, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't think anybody needs it. But uh, you know, that's uh, everybody. Everybody do you. Mm. 
Yeah. That I'm yeah. Um I'm glad you dove into that a little bit more. I didn't think about the free radical damage thing. I was just kind of looking at how that like colorless sugar interacts with the dead cells. I was like that is really weird. I just never mm-hmm. I never thought of it. Um we I, I you know, I looked at some like organic self-tanners and stuff and they all contain the dihoxy dihoxy acetone. Um Beauty Counter has like a tinted mineral sunscreen and that is just they use iron oxides in that. It's a safe ingredient. It's like a colorant that you'll find in makeup. So like when you use like a tinted it's kind of a sim- the similar thought when you're using like a tinted moisturizer on your face to kind of even skin tone. It's not supposed to be like here's a tan, um, but it does provide like it can kind of like even your skin tone and kind of hide some discoloration or imperfections or whatever. Um, I do like using that on my legs and arms. I haven't tried it on my face. I in in general, I just I don't know. It, it it's more of like again, it's a colorant, so it it can't it just washes off, which I think is great. Um, and if you're gonna be somewhere and you you know you don't want to you want to be a little bit more tan or whatever, and you just kind of want a safe option, I think that that's the best way to go. Um, maybe you have horrible tan lines but and you just want to smooth them out which happens to me it's like basically the way I get a tan now is I just walk outside and I hang outside with my kids and whatever gets tan gets tan and it usually ends up being horrible horrible tan lines um you know shorts or whatever just these just there's uh like especially now that I'm wearing more short sleeves it's just like oh lord but um and then you try to wear like a, a tank top or a you know a strap dress and you're like this looks ridiculous but uh i would go with that that's that's probably where and so there's like a light medium and then a medium deep shade so there's only two shades but it's it's not meant to be like here's a tan it's just kind of i mean it is it can it can be used that way but to me it's not you're not if you're if you're going to use it and you're hoping to get the self tanner look um you just gotta have to adjust your expectations a little bit. It definitely provides like a little bit of a glow, which I do like. Um, Okie dokie. Where are we at? Okay. Oh, celery juice. Okay. Yay. Question number three is from Sandy. She just said celery juice. <laughs> so this is another huge rabbit hole. Okay. Okay. So okay. I do not, uh, I don't. I'm not like super into like I, I'm not super I'm not so dialed into the into the scene that I like see stuff like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And only found out through this question that celery juice is a thing. Celery juice is a it's thing. A big thing. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know how much we want to delve into the uh, origin of this being a thing. But let me just tell you this. Celery is a vegetable of like middling nutrient content and you juice it and you drink it uh that's the celery juice thing um juicing something doesn't make it more nutritious and there are more nutritious vegetables probably (laughs) and um i'm not i just that's 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 (laughs) celery juice um I think I, you're in shock a little bit too. It, um, like, because it can, what it can I do, 
when I told you the extent of this, you were like, what? This is a thing? It is yeah. a huge thing. It is a marketing success more than anything else. Like there are fad things that celebrities will be like, oh, I did this thing. And it's like, I don't know, pepper and lemon or whatever. And people are like, oh, celebrities did this thing. This came from a specific targeted self-promotional marketing success and now it is places and people are like celery juice i suppose <laughs> and there's all these pictures of like lime green liquid i'm just like yeah <laughs> so here's here's here, here's what celery it's here's Go initially ahead. what i did i said all right what is the composition of celery juice again this is me saying okay what's going on here it's 94% water. There is potassium, calcium, vitamin K, and some flavonoids. It's celery. So there is a little bit of protein. Yeah. There's like 7% magnesium, 5% of your daily value for phosphorus, you know, vitamin A, 7%. Okay. That's all it is, folks. Um, at, its, at its core celery juices all right so so now we have to extrapolate okay why might people be going nuts about celery juice and why would that become a thing and yes marketing is <laughs> big part of this um the other thing that okay so here's what's happening when you <sighs> when there's a <laughs> a, a, a trend okay it's this is a this is it's a juice cleanse, by the way. Spoiler alert. Um, when there is a trend like this, what happens is that people who might have been eating a more standard American diet and not drinking any water, maybe drinking soda, just doing the normal thing, going to McDonald's, eating out for lunch, doing a frozen pizza for dinner, now are eating more fruits, more vegetables. They're now drinking 16 ounces of celery juice in the morning, which is 94% water. Uh, it's super hydrating. Now they're actually, their body's actually been starving for water. Now they're getting water. They're getting nutrients. They've eliminated gluten and corn and soy and some of these foods that we know people can have like negative responses to in their microbiome and the, the allergic reactions and stuff like that. And now they're healthy. And so now it's the celery juice, right, that's doing it all um, on the outside. But what I think we can see on, on the inside of this by using logic and what we know about nutrient density of food and how food impacts the body and how hydration impacts the body and all of these things, like it makes perfect sense to us because, of course, if you reduce stress and sleep more and eat more nutrient-dense foods, you're going to see a temporary shift. And long-term, you know, you may adjust that a little bit here or there, um, but you're probably still going to eat those nutrient-dense foods for a while, and you're probably going to be drinking your celery juice, which is going to be really good water for you. I think that what's interesting is when you when you juice a vegetable, you actually discard that fiber and some of the nutrients that are bound up in that cellular matrix. So when you discard, when you're juicing the celery, you're actually discarding 44% of the phytochemicals celery contains. So if you eat the celery, you actually are getting a more nutrient-dense food. You, you're feeding your gut bacteria their favorite food, and you're benefiting um, from their metabolism. 
of the 100% of the phytochemicals in celery, like the flavonoids. So eating celery is actually a more nutrient-dense thing to do than juicing it. Of course, you can't eat stocks and stocks of celery, but guess what? There are like tons of other vegetables out there that you can eat too. And if you want to juice it, fine, like juice it and drink it, like cool. Again, it's hydration and it's small amounts of nutrients. Um, I'm not mad at it. It's fine. Like you can definitely do it, but it's not going to <sighs> detoxify your body. That's a, a big thing. It's like a huge buzzword. Um, my, my sentence at the bottom is, it's fine. It's not unique. Vegetables are healthy. The end. <laughs> um, okay, any other thoughts about No, that? I don't have any thoughts about <laughs> extra thoughts about celery juice. I, okay, the, la the only thing that I will say is I did do some digging into like the celery juice benefits Instagram and this whole movement around it. And there's a lot of before and afters on the website. Two of the three before and afters are linked to Instagram accounts of people that they're saying like, like literally they show like them dying in a hospital bed and then drinking celery juice and healed or, and or like total face, total red and then face, total clear. Two of the three Instagram accounts no longer are like active or not around. Um, I did find a few people that were like hash saying things about celery juice that were being promoted on this Instagram account. And people were saying, you know, oh, I drink celery juice every day. I also limit caffeine and alcohol. I became 100% vegan. I stopped eating, eating gluten, corn, soy, dyes, chemical processed anything. I added tons of fruits and vegetables. I lowered my fat intake. I uh, removed stress from my diet. I mean, that's a lot of changes <laughs> and probably good changes. Certain changes are, you know, good changes for like from what you were doing to now what you're doing. But also, I think we can agree, too, that a lot of these changes are very, very restrictive and, and long term, it's not going to be healthy. So a lot of times with some of these very restrictive protocols that take out a lot, like juice cleanses, you feel great initially and you're like, I want to do this forever. But then long term, it doesn't feel great. Right. Um, yeah. So because you're undernourished, your body's not being fed, you're now not getting, uh, now you're deficient in a, a lot of different nutrients. So anyway, it's just a little concerning. It's just celery juice, folks. Question number four is from Lauren. Okay, whether or not things like apple cider vinegar and hot lemon water first thing in the morning actually do anything for your body. Do you partake in apple cider vinegar or lemon water? Do I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, um, I don't. I, okay. Lemon water is like celery water, but different. Right, right. Right, because it's another thing that you can eat or you can turn it into a liquid and drink it. Um, <laughs> again, I mean, you were talking about the miraculous things on the um, regarding the, the celery thing and the claims that you... <laughs> Like if you Google like lemon water and you click on one of the people who advocate for it, you know, it's like changing people's lives or it can like do all this stuff. It's it's just like have it's just like having a little bit of citrus in the morning. Like that's 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 what it is. And while we're at it, like water, I want to I'm just going to throw this out here. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to myth bust water. 
people people talk about drinking like a lot of water a day as this like miraculous thing. I mean, if you didn't used to drink water and now you drink water, I get it. Okay, but like <laughs> like drinking a ton of water isn't going to like quote unquote like purify you or detox you Ooh, or like flush yeah. out your system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you need your body to be well hydrated. It is very important. And Noelle and I talk a lot about the importance of electrolytes because you need electrolytes with your water in order to be properly hydrated. Like period. You need to be properly hydrated. But um yeah. People are like, well, lemon water, because you get lemon and water. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you, know? uh, you, you should, water, we all want to be well hydrated. Water, uh, have in, in your life. And uh, yeah, some vitamin C, sure, you know. But, right. But there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then apple cider vinegar. I think Noelle probably knows more about this than I do. Um, this, I think, maybe has a little bit more weight to it. Um, I don't know what kind of effect that it might have on gut bacteria, um, a potentially positive effect. Um, and there has been some degree of evidence suggesting that apple cider vinegar could be potentially helpful for managing uh, type 2 diabetes or insulin resistance. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Um, I'm not an expert in it. I just know yeah. a little, like a little bit has been talked about it. And like in animal studies, right, there's another question of like, mm-hmm. how much can animal studies be extrapolated to human studies? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm curious. It's a great starting point. It's not definitive. Like, you cannot tell me that something has happened with... I mean, it's a, it's a great starting point. Anyway, I, I, I for the lemon water thing, and I think the interesting thing is that if you look at... So, what typically what we do to, like, you know, when we're looking at something is if you Google lemon water, the first article that comes up is, like lemon water weight loss and it's like or it's like the benefits of lemon water and one of the benefits is it melts away your fat like magic and then the next one was that it flushes out all the toxins from your body i was like i yeah. I, I can't i don't, don't understand um also things like replace oj with this to lose weight okay like thanks captain obvious like if you're drinking a straight caloric juice and then you replace it with water like maybe but um the truth is and i and this is also applies to the the apple cider vinegar is like if you're drinking lemon water in the morning and it makes you feel really good first it's a great way to drink water i mean it tastes better it's great and then also lemon is actually slightly acidic so it can support your digestion and supplement stomach acid levels, which tend to decline as we age, and declined or like re- a reduction in stomach acid has a big, huge downstream effect and can actually lead to digestive issues, undigested proteins making it into your digestive tract, which then can lead to leaky gut or gut, gut in, you know, impermeable, gut intestinal permeability. And also, like, it's um, a common cause of SIBO. So supporting stomach acid levels and digestion is huge. I think lemon water is great. If you're going to have a little, you want a little bit of vitamin C and you want to support your digestion, great. It's not going to um, flush all the toxins out of your body. It's not going to help you lose weight. Apple cider vinegar, always diluted in water. So if you're going to do like eight ounces um, or, you know, 16 ounces, just use like a tablespoon or two. I think if you do this before eating, it can absolutely help support your digestion and support stomach acid. Some preliminary research, again, very preliminary, suggests it can improve metabolic health. This is, again, mostly rodent studies. There were a couple randomized trials which found that 
they like added two tablespoons they hid it the apple cider vinegar and they upped it from like they they looked at people like who took one tablespoon versus two and they hid it in what these people were doing um like in their drink or whatever that they were having throughout the day um so people who had the two tablespoons actually saw like some benefits to their metabolic health and like a reduction in um like i think there was some sort of reduction in um uh weight uh without them changing anything else so it makes me think that it might actually help digestion a bit again we're supporting stomach acid it can slightly decrease appetite and this is because it has uh acetate acid which helps to regulate appetite and energy expenditure and just improve insulin sensitivity i don't know what the people and like and it also can actually help improve the gut composition of your gut microbiome which we know the gut microbiome controls metabolism so if you have metabolic derangement of some sort and now you're kind of supporting your gut and all the things like that might lead i can see how that might lead to like a, a, com a com body composition change um not huge again but but it but it could make sense so so maybe you know maybe a little bit but drink it or don't you know, I, for healthy populations again i'm not totally sure all the benefits are there but i think that if you want to use it to support your stomach acid it's definitely worth doing and um especially if you have digestive issues i, I would give it a go i think that's it we're gonna stop okay <laughs> okay we're 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 just so we, could, we could probably do a part three um, and, and we'll definitely do this again because I'm sure down the road there's going to be more. So thank you guys for submitting all the questions to us so that we could bust some myths and we had fun with this and I hope you um, you hope you did too. Uh, for more from me, you can go to coconutsandcountables.com. For more from Stephanie, go to healthtoempower.com or just follow her on Instagram at stephanie.ruper. I am at coconutsandcountables. Thank you guys. We love you so much. We will talk to you next week.